Sunday, everybody. This is Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Ennis. We have with us our other host, Holden. Put it on me, Departo. How are you, Holden? <laughs> put it on me. <laughs> yeah, baby girl, put it on me. Quote Ja Rule and the Raven. Nevermore. Never I don't more. know what any of that is, but sure. <laughs> You've yes. read Edgar Allan Poe. You're an educated sir. Oh, I thought you were referencing like a, like a hip hop song or something okay, like so that. Okay, so at first I was referencing hip hop song. Baby girl, put it on me. Style your hair the way you talk to smile your hair. That's Ja Rule. Um, uh. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Respawn Aim Fire. We've got uh, both of us and the dreamiest fan base joining us from all over the world right now. You can watch us live as we record it right now, even with the trash video, because OBS is stupid. I paid $15 for this OBS camera app on my phone, and it's not fucking working. So if you work for OBS and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> hey, help me. If you don't, you can go to twitch.tv slash affableidiots on Sunday nights at around 8.30 Eastern Time, and you can watch us record this live. Or, if you're a lazy slut who goes to bed early, <laughs> then you can wake up on Tuesday morning, 9 a.m., and you can watch us on YouTube and podcast services around the world uh, on demand at 9 a.m. Eastern Time as well. That's it. We're on episode 205 today. We're going to talk about a lot of shit like GameStop's financials not being hot. Surprise. We're going to talk about aliens, six days in Fallujah. We're going to talk about Microsoft and Discord. But before we do, Holden, put it on me, Departo. (laughs) (laughs) We have our main quest today, and we are talking about PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and PlayStation Portable. These three stores are going bye-bye. Report! Sony is shutting down PS3, PS Vita, and PSP, says Owen S. Good at Polygon. So, uh, these systems have still kind of been on their last legs. People have actually been developing games for them. But if you would like to buy games for your PlayStation 3 or PlayStation Portable, you have until July 2nd to make that purchase. If you would like to buy a game for your PlayStation Vita via the PlayStation Network, you have until August 27th. I don't know why there's like an extra seven or eight weeks in there. but Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, it's very strange. But that's uh, those stores are coming to an end. I have to imagine, it's not confirmed, there hasn't been an official press release from Sony, but I have to imagine... If you bought these things, if you bought games digitally on these platforms, you can still re-download them. It's just the store part that's going away. You won't be able to purchase new games. We're still waiting on confirmation for that, but I have to imagine that's the case. Hold on. I would hope so. I would hope so. Me too. Me too. If it's not the case, I'm buying a big old pro memory stick duo, and I'm buying <laughs> a giant flashcard, micro SD for my Vita. No, they had their own Vita memory cards. Um, They're still outrageously expensive. Yeah. And all my PlayStation 3 games are all digital too, so I guess I'm fucked there. No, just kidding. Um, I downloaded, I mean, I, I bought them all that I wanted. Holden, I wanted to use this segment, and you wanted to use this because you wrote the notes as well. To kind of talk about from each of these consoles that are now dying today, I want us to eulogize them. Talk about our experiences, what we'll miss about them, our favorite things, our least favorite things, the games that we reminisce with. Kind of an all-inclusive in-memoriam for PlayStation Portable, Vita, and Mm -hmm. 3. What were some of your memories? 
Do we want to do this just overall or like console by console? Let's start with PSP. PlayStation gotcha. Portable. Yeah, so PSP, I, I think of the of the handheld ones, ones I have least experience with. But I'm going to miss, for sure, I'm going to miss, if, like, I mean, obviously, if I had a PSP, I could redownload it, but I don't have a PSP. Can I get it on Vita? I might be able to get it on Vita. I can't remember how that works. But um, Resistance Retribution uh. was a really good, and that might not be on the top of everyone's list, but I remember really liking that game. It had a really cool, like, auto, like, lock-on mechanic as long as you got enemies within, like, a certain really big crosshair. Um, not a crosshair, obviously, but like the equivalent that they came up with for that game because it had it had no second joystick. So you had to like use the um, cross circle triangle square buttons to like position the camera. Um, but that was still a really cool game. It was my first time ever playing Resistance, like my first time kind of seeing that universe. Um, I really liked that game. I'm going to miss that one for sure. I think I played People that demo. That I don't think I ever played that full game, though. It was pretty good. PSP. I so I still have my PSP Go that I bought a couple of months ago. Downloaded a bunch <laughs> of stuff God. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I had the original PSP as well and then I also had a white PSP Go whenever that came out my freshman year of college. Jesus, I'm old. Um and I I will remember playing Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops on that thing and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Peace Walker was the first thing that I was like super addicted to. But mostly on the PSP Go, it was I carried it with me and I had my music on it. I would, whenever I was bored freshman year of college, I'd be like, oh man, we're on campus. I'm waiting like some amount of minutes for the next class to start. Let me just whip this thing out and play a little bit of Spyro because you had PS1 classics you could play on it. Oh yeah, that's right. And I remember there's this girl, Carrie Foster. We were at a party one night and she goes, you have Spyro the Dragon in your pocket right now? <laughs> and I whipped it out. And, uh, Is this the future? <laughs> she, yeah, she just started, that's what she did for like the next half hour at that party is just sat in a corner and played Spyro on my PSP. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I remember it, my, um, my friend Tim in high school, he had the PSP. That was the first one that I had like seen or experienced and he loved it. I was like, damn it, I gotta have one of these. And it came with a UMD movie came with Lords of Dogtown. Never seen it. I had the UMD, but I never watched it because I was not one of those guys who was into skateboarding. That'll be missed. A game I just totally forgot was actually on PSP because I it came out originally for DS, but I got it on PSP, and that was Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, which oh, was yeah. a really good game. But I also remember feeling like really bad for getting it because I just bought it digitally. So like my parents didn't know I had Grand Theft Auto on my PSP. Um, <laughs> that was really funny. But it had a really good mini game that ended up just turning into how I played that game, which was the um, the drug dealing mechanic, where like you could go to one person, buy from them for a low price, and then you get like a call at some point while you're driving around, like, "Hey, I'm looking to buy some like oxy, um, really high price for it," and you're like. This could be the cops, and it could be like a scam. And you'd go over, you buy from the guy, and it turns out it was the or I'm selling the guy, and it turns out it was the cops. And then you're in this like you know high speed, uh, uh, you know hot pursuit chase kind of thing to get out of the way. And that was fun. That was a really really good game. I actually also really liked how it handled the top down perspective. It just that was that was an awesome game. Um, I think I got it again on iPad and iPhone. I think that was good. Um, but PSP is also this is unrelated to the store, but is also my one of my biggest shames in gaming of biggest like oh wow i'm an idiot moments kind of like my ocarina of time thinking it was over when i beat oh, uh, yeah. um 
what's her name, uh, Queen Goma. So this is when PSP first came out, and I wanted to see it. I'm like, ooh, always wanted a PlayStation, you know, but I didn't really only, only had handhelds at the time. So I wanted to see one, and I went to GameStop, and I'm like, hey, do you guys have one to play? And the guy on the counter was like, oh, I've seen you here before, so like, technically it's not like a demo unit, but like, here you go, use this one right here that we have. And it was just like untethered to anything, and I'm holding it, and I can't remember what I was playing, but it was like some like fantasy third-person action RPG kind of game. And I couldn't figure out how to move. Because I thought the little nub where you was like, that was like the joystick nub. Right. I thought it was a speaker, so I didn't even bother to touch it. So I'm like, "How do you move this character?" And I was so confused. And I remember just leaving the store, going, "I mean, that was okay. It was kind of a weird system. Like, the game really sucked. That's for sure. Like, I thought it was the game's fault. Like, so yeah, I was I was a dumb kid. <laughs> um, I will not miss the overpriced memory cards, the proprietary memory cards. Mm, no. I won't miss the nubs. The nubs were, you know, they allowed you to get away with some shit on console, on the handheld, but I won't miss it. Yeah. No. What about PS3? Did you have, you didn't have a PS3, did you? I did not have a PS3. So here is like, go for it. Whatever you miss, yeah. I had nothing. <laughs> My PS3 experience was, uh, I, I didn't have one at first. And obviously it was like crazy expensive. But when they announced... <clears throat> that they were making models without the... I think I've told this on the podcast. When they announced they were making models without the backward compatibility in them for PS2 games, I went downstairs and told my parents, I was like, man, they just made this big announcement for PlayStation. And I don't have a PS2, and I was going to use that. And they're like, sounds like we need to go get a PS3 right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I guess we do. <laughs> so we went to Best Buy that night, got a, the Metal Gear Solid 4 edition, brought that home. It came with a download code for Pain on the PSN and then we've downloaded the demo that was you know I downloaded the demo of, of Uncharted I was with my friend Tim and we, I was like oh my god his pants are wet when he comes out of the water ah this is the best game and he was a big Metal Gear Solid nerd so I let him basically play the first part of Metal Gear Solid 4 um but that thing yeah I had the fat one the GPU started to go on that one too I had there was a 20 and the 60 gigabyte version right at launch and then I think the Metal Gear Solid was a 40 gigabyte version Oh, sorry, uh, an 80. And the GPU started to go on it. And anytime that I would play Assassin's Creed 2 on it uh, in college, little spikes would start coming out of the character's head until eventually spikes filled up the entire screen. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then you had to turn off the console, restart it. And then Borderlands just Borderlands 2 just straight up wouldn't run on it. Uh, sorry, Borderlands 1. And so That's I okay. sold it. That's okay. You didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> I sold it on eBay. And said, hey, console works totally fine, except for if you're playing Assassin's Creed 2 or Borderlands. And somebody bought it for a lot of money. <laughs> I uh, bought a slim version after that. And it wasn't the George Foreman one. It was the slim one before that with the physical button, too. But I like that console. It was, I mean, obviously, the cell processor has caused so many headaches for everyone the last 20 years. And it's still causing fuck-ups for people. But <laughs> what a console, man. I, that cross-media bar, I think, is maybe like the best most organized yeah. OS that we've had ever. <laughs> Even the PSP was great. Mm-hmm. All those Uncharted's, yeah. Little Big Planet. Castle Crashers. Good system. You know, for a rocky start, the PS3 still was a fantastic console. Like, it really picked itself up really well, and I think it was a, it was a hot item, that's for sure. Yep, yep. Oh, really God of War 3. 
What about Vita, Holden? You've had two Vitas? Yeah, Didn't you have a Vita, right. you sold one, and then you bought one recently for Luminous? No, I, did I sell it? Maybe I did sell it. Um, yeah, I had a Vita, and um, right at launch, actually, I remember I got the 3G version just to get it a week early, and that was my first time ever playing Uncharted. I'd never played Uncharted until Golden Abyss, and I liked it a lot. That was a good game, but um, I think one of the big highlights on, two, two huge highlights for me on, three huge highlights for me on Vita. One was Gravity Rush. That game is awesome. I cannot wait to replay that again on PS4 at some point. And then I have the second one because I think of PS Plus, I think. So I'm going to play those because I really, really enjoyed just the art style, kind of how the It's a really unique game. Not there's even a just cat in the, too, the gameplay. So. There's a cat, which is, there's no cats yeah. in other games. That's why Stray is a big deal coming out later on this year. It's the <laughs> return of cats in video games. Um, two is Luminous Electronic Symphony, which... I think is superior to the Switch version. It's actually made it hard for me to go back and play the Switch version because I'm so in love with how that game plays on Vita because it had the back touchpad. It, people who don't know Luminous is like a Dr. Mario kind of style game where you have to connect colors and square blocks um, and you can get combos for having like a bigger like chain of them connected. But it's all to dance music. Everyone knows I like house music. I like that kind of style of music a lot. So it's just like puzzle games with the music that I like. And you could tap the back rear touchpad to the beat to get like an extra boost. Oh, man. I, I literally remember playing that game and just be like, I'll just play it for a few minutes. And I would play until the battery died. And I'd be like, oh, my God, where did the time go? Like, I would just lose myself in that game for It's a long hours. time. Vita battery lasts a long time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But I'm, that's how engrossed I would get. It would be like a four-hour session. I'm like, holy crap, did four hours just like pass? Like, holy shit. Um, so I loved that game. Three, I don't know if this is a popular one or not, but I really liked it. it was Unit 13, I think is what it was called. It was like yeah, a... Yeah, I feel like that was one of the big ones that had a lot of buzz right at, around launch window, I think. Yeah, it was basically a third-person shooter, but it was like these kind of small, bite-sized levels and the fun of it was getting through them as fast as possible and as efficiently as possible. It was a really good game. I liked that game a lot. And it worked well with the handheld form factor. Oh, and then Kills on Mercenary. That was awesome. That was a, such a good game. Yeah. Even the multiplayer was good. Yep. Good Big stuff. fan of Vita here. I use a remote play a lot. Played Bloodborne on that Vita. It was good. It was good. Mm-hmm. The dual sticks that's right, that's how we felt it. really good, too. Well, that's we like you played it fine. when we played together. Right, yeah. Um, as you met, you mentioned Uncharted. There was the God of War collection too. Played that on there. Trophies, mm-hmm. just being able to have, earn trophies on the go, <laughs> felt so good. <laughs> oh yeah. But I really, I the Vita. You know, they had the bubble UI. They had like a browser mm-hmm. on there that was a piece of shit. I don't know why people keep putting browsers on consoles. No one wants it. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. But um. I really enjoyed the flexibility of the Vita. Like, it, you could play PS1 Classics. You could play PSP games. You could play Vita games. You could remote play your PS3 and your PS4. You can remote play your PS5 still on it. Like, that game, that, that console was freaking dope. I'm glad I still have my original. The OLED screen, that was, like, one of the first things I ever knew that had an OLED screen. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Back in 2012, uh, I was way ahead of the curve. Yep. It, it was a not 720p a 720p screen. Whoa. Yeah. 
I remember like in dark rooms, if you're playing it and like it went to an all black screen, like it was splotchy as fuck too. Just cause like mm-hmm. it was, you know, the first OLED screens that were coming out and they weren't super great. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that Vita. I mean, I still have it, but I miss support for the Vita. A good touch on it too was when you unlocked it, it was like peeling back like a sticker yeah. to like get out to the home Fucking, like Speaking that. of peeling back stickers, Tearaway. What a great freaking game Tearaway yes. was. I remember Is sitting Tearaway on a plane. Go ahead, sorry. I remember sitting on a plane playing Tearaway, and you know how you have to like, it uses the front camera to match up your face in the sun, like the fucking baby <laughs> from Teletubbies. <laughs> and I'm sitting on a plane doing it, and you have to like smile. <laughs> I'm like, God, I hope nobody's looking at me right now. But what a freaking great! And you had to punch your finger through the back touchpad so that your finger comes through and tears the construction paper in the world. Yeah, it's so cool. It's a good game. Is Tearaway unfolded? bringing that game to ps4 or was that a totally new game i can't remember it's a reimagining of the ps vita game all the things okay. like they they reimagined it around the dualshock 4 and around the ps4 but it's a gotcha. similar okay. game but with new different types of mechanics and worlds built around those mechanics i like to play that game again either on vita because i still have it on vita i think either on vita or on ps4 because that was that was a magical game yeah. just super charming and fun and just great Good stuff. Yep. Rest in pieces. PS3, mm-hmm. PS Vita, PSP. We played some new stuff this week, though. Actually, uh, none of this is new. We played some old stuff this week, <laughs> Holden. <laughs> but you have a new device with which you are playing this old stuff. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. I got a uh, Pulse 3D audio PlayStation sound producing headphone by Sony for a Sony PlayStation 5 video game console or a Sony PlayStation uh, 4 video game console. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's a great little device. Actually, here they are right here. Um, I got my Stimmy check, and then I'm like, hey, I should see if these are available. And then Amazon's like, they're available next week. And I'm like, I think they're still really hard to get. So I'm just going to bite the bullet and just do it. And then, because I'll regret it if I, like in an hour if I go back to try to get it, and they're gone. So I'm like, just I just did it, and I got them. And they are quite good. They sound very nice. They're really comfortable. But the best thing is how light they are. They're insane. Yeah. It feels like nothing. It literally feels like nothing's on your head. It's really impressive. Um, but the main reason I got it was I um, I like being able to communicate during game nights and not have audio <laughs> problems because it drives me insane. I really yeah. hated having audio problems all the time. It really grinded my gears, to quote Peter Griffin. Oh, so, shit. I see that Family Guy reference. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, now that's not a problem. And it seems like I sounded better this week, question yeah. mark. Yeah. Cool. Sounded great. Nice. Yeah, I love them. They're just so convenient. And they're like, for the price mm-hmm. that, what are they, 99 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, for the price that they are, they are 100% worth it. And they're, you're right, they're so mm-hmm. comfortable. I can wear them for, I've worn them for an entire six, seven hour raid session in Destiny. I can mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah, they're great. They're wonderful. Dope, um, dope. What'd you play with them? So I played a lot of No Man's Sky, which was cool because No Man's Sky has the 3D audio. And mm-hmm. I will say, I distinctly notice a difference with 3D audio from using... Where are they? They're not around. But I have a pair of Sony uh, MX... Like, th- MX3 or something like that, whatever they're called. Like, Sony's over-ear noise-canceling headphones. Distinct difference between that and the 3D audio you get the Pulse 3D headset. It is better on the Pulse 3D headset, and it's right. literally like a third of the price for the Pulse 3D headset. So for gaming, these are way better. 
Um, you, I really noticed a difference when like standing in a room and just painting the camera around and I would hear some sort of machine by me and its position would stay fixed, whether I rotated the, the camera, like it would stay behind me and then it was in front of me when I faced it. It was, it was cool. Um, that worked really, really well. But in terms of No Man's Sky, just to begin with, as I said last week, the PS5 version is remarkable. Um, it is a huge improvement. I am sticking with that. I am going to play the hell out of this game. Really enjoying it. I found something I didn't do before, which wasn't a new thing, but I'm doing it now, which is I'm basically deciding to be a space pirate, and I'm not going to do the usual stuff like mining to get money. I'm literally just flying to from these fleets of freighters and just destroying them and taking <gasps> all of the resources. You, you renegade. So, you get so much money. But here's the funny thing is I'm only doing it to the Corvax. <laughs> There's like three species in the game, a Corvax, Gek, and the Viking. And my so character is a you're Corvax. you're a racist. You're a space racist. Well, so my, my character is a Corvax. So the kind of little narrative I have is that I, I like defected from um, from society and now they're out to get me and I'm just raiding against them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the little like narrative I've, I've given it. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So if I ever go to a Corvax galaxy, I'm like, cool. If there's a fleet of uh, freighters there, I'm taking them down. But it's really <laughs> thrilling because the Sentinels will start sending ships against you. So you're just like swerving between these giant freighters while you're being shot down. And then you're also shooting at freighters. It's just really cool. It's awesome. And I started exploring more. The diversity in the world's is so much stronger than it has been before, like in a huge way. I'll come across planets that are just like straight up creepy and they'll have these like weird, like glowing orb things everywhere. Like things that like before it was like, oh, here's a desert planet, but it's blue. Here's another desert planet, but like it's green. Now it's like, oh, this world feels distinctly different because there aren't these like weird glowing things that are floating around. And then I realized that this planet is so weird. Those are actually the animals and some of them are moving around. That was weird. I found one planet where like it was, it said it, was, it, it says when you go to it, that it was a planet of light. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And I went there and it was literally patches of light would shoot up from the ground and then some of them would like chase you and follow behind you and stuff. And like you just see these really bizarre like things in the world. I was just it was really cool. Going to planets is a genuine thrill. I meant to set up my base on a bioluminescent planet. I did I talk about this last week cuz I think I actually talked about the last week. waves of bioluminescence. Yeah, 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 that one. Okay. <clears> so <throat> that one was like incredible. Um there was one that was called a quagmire planet, which just really meant it was extremely mountainous and it was just constant mountains all over the place. And that <laughs> Dallas says, fuck, uh, fuck you, Holden. You're gonna make me buy that game again. I am because it's really <laughs> good now. Um, it was nothing but like huge valleys and huge mountains. But what I ran to on that um, planet was whenever there was a storm that hit, there would be these things called storm crystals that would form and you would just run to collect them and they sold for a crazy amount of money. So I'd literally find one that hadn't, that hadn't, um, hadn't started to glow yet because it wasn't in a storm and i'd be like okay there was one here and i'd start to like use my scanner to look around to find more of them and i like plot out this path of like okay i'm gonna wait here for there's a storm and then i'm just gonna run for it and gather all these up and like there's my distinct path i'm gonna take and it was just it was so cool it was it, it's really it's improved a lot and there's a new update actually coming out maybe this week i don't know exactly the time frame 
but whenever it hasn't been officially announced yet but whenever there's a new update coming sean murray the creator of the game or the head of hello games will just tweet out a single emoji and people have to kind of guess what that emoji means so like when the origins update came out he just put emoji out of just the orange emoji and people had to like kind of refer from there but orange 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 yeah but this one he did a compass I don't know what that Pathfinder. means. They've already done the Pathfinder update. Shit. Um, I'm really curious what it's going to be. I'm I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, maybe something navigation ex- exploration related. I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty I'm just, sure there's a lot of exploration already in that game. But like adding maps and things like that that aren't in the game, like we can see like a map of a planet. I think it's kind of what I meant. But like it's just there's there's so much new stuff and so many unique things in there now. Like when you're flying in space you might get a message that says oh there's some sort of anomaly if you want to stop and see it and then you'll stop and there's like this giant they call it like was it a it's called an asteroid larvae and it was just this like giant space worm swimming in space and if you shot it it would shoot back at you and i just avoided it or it's actually um, a hive god the hive and be. destiny they they pray to these worm gods that's it it's it's all a connected universe and every time it stops, I'm like, ooh, I got to I gotta stop and do this because this is exciting. And they're usually pretty cool. They might not do something every time, um, but it's still like a really cool site to begin with. Like there was one that was called – it was something like Intelligence or something like that. And it was just this weird like crazy floating shape that kind of pulsated a little bit in space. And you could actually turn on your receiver and talk to it. It was cool. It was just cool. There's just like little cool things like that. And then also there's the derelict freighters, which I finally got to do one of those. And it's like a creepy atmosphere as you're trying to explore this. But it's too cold, so you constantly have to be like finding these um, heat sources to keep yourself warm as you're going through the, the derelict freighter. They've just I'm really impressed with how much that game has changed. And I feel like I'm always kind of finding something new that I want to do in it. I'm constantly my bigger problem is having too much to do as opposed to when it first came out, just doing the same thing over and over and over again. So having a blast with it, <clears throat> definitely to keep playing that going forward. We both are these, however also played Are these ahead, updates paid up to how, how does how does Hello Games make money? Apparently they say um I just listened to an interview with Sean Murray the night and he says that they they have more and more players joining and it keeps growing every single month so i imagine just people are buying the game in enough quantities that they can keep funding free updates which is also really impressive yeah i guess so i mean considering it's a small team a 60 dollar purchase and that's on game they're probably seeing yeah and it's on game pass they probably have some sort of recurring revenue from there just because microsoft's probably giving them money to stay there i think they're, they're just good enough there they don't really have a huge team so they don't need to have the kind of sales of like a call well, of duty to survive they also put out last campfire too didn't they that little indie yeah, game that probably yeah. helped and then that's also on apple arcade so apple probably just gave them a lump sum for that too <clears throat> you're a lump yeah, sum they're, they're, uh, they're a good team uh yeah we both played fall guys Mm. Season four, there's a new squad mode in Fall Guys where all four of us can play together, and even if one of us dies, it doesn't necessarily mean we don't move on to the next round. Um, and it was uh, less fun than the regular mode because there, <laughs> it's, it's just glitchy right now. Like we had, we ran into so many times when in the very first round, 
all four of us, you, me, Cozy, and Matt, we would complete it. We would qualify. It would say you have to be in the top seven teams, and we'd be like, all right, team number five. And then, cool, get to the very end. You qualified. Boom. You're kicked off, and you're kicked off the, the wall, and you don't move on in the next round. I'm like, why? Why the fuck? <laughs> um, so it was glitchy, but also I kind of enjoyed – just watching people who were better than I am run through shit. Like whenever we eventually switched over and just started playing the regular game instead of the, the squads, um, I just I loved watching Matt and Cozy run and just cheering them on. I kind of preferred that. So I had the opposite experience to a degree. Uh, mostly the technical stuff you talked about, I obviously have the same experience. I'm not good at Fall Guys, so I got to play for longer. <laughs> so being able to play past the first round was really exciting for me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> usually get to do that. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's still more Fall Guys. I'm, I like, I don't hate that game. I don't dislike it, but I don't really need to keep playing it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it'll be nice. I think I'm just going to return to it maybe every time there's a new season. Check out what's new. There were still a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, I, what I did enjoy was that all of the mini games that were, quote unquote, old mini games that had been around for a while. There were new things about them. There were like little laser swings. There were rolling pins and mm-hmm. shit like that to kind of trip you up. Yeah. Played more Destiny Two. I'm getting close to that Pinnacle Gear cap. Um, oh, actually, no. The we played the final mission every week there's been a new mission centered around this new uh season there's this um this person named Keidel who's one of the cabal who's coming over and they're trying to like destroy they're trying to like plot to kill Zavala but they're also holding these things where champions will battle and and become like the one representative of the cabal who's going to fight and kill everybody um and so this week we finally were able to face off against the ultimate champion in a new strike which was really cool uh, Matt and I did that, and now I'm just mopping up a bunch of bounties and shit and weekly challenges before the season wraps up at the beginning of May. So, still enjoying that. Not playing it like every single night like we used to. I think part of that is just you know, our fire team has things to do now, and jobs and responsibilities, and it's no I longer destiny was life. We're slowly coming out of the pandemic now, Holden. So life is life. And a box of chocolates. But we dip back into Warzone this week. Um, just out of nowhere, I said, hey, I'm ready to play. I'm, I'm going to play anything with anybody who wants to play. And then Matt's like, I'm itching to play Warzone a little bit. And I'm like, sweet, let's do it. And we suck. We suck a lot at that game. Um, Dallas doesn't. No, Dallas was also not great at that game. <laughs> I don't believe you. I, don't believe I think you. part of it is no the, the guns... Like every every so often they change up the meta with the guns and this is the best gun in the game now. These are the best mods and you know all the mm. mods for the for the AUG, which is the apparently the best gun, we didn't have because apparently they're Cold War exclusive or something. And we couldn't figure out how to unlock them, but but also it's just like we it had been such a long time since we played and we we came in eleventh was our best finish, but I feel like that one was really really lucky. More often than not, we were in like the the mid twenties. But this is why you stick to the fundamentals and don't rely on the things that can change all the time. You're right. It's a hundred percent the way to go. To the, fundamentally stick to 42nd place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was still really fun though. So even though we, we were not doing really great, it was a good time. 
that's it for playtime. Let's move on to our quest log, starting with a meaty little Microsoft. Mm. From Microsoft quest log, Microsoft could acquire Discord if $10 billion talks go through, says Liana Rupert at Game Informer. Um, about a week ago, we started seeing little rumors popping up saying, Microsoft's in talks to buy Discord. And I was like, what? That'd be crazy. And then three days ago, Wall Street Journal confirmed, well, reported that Microsoft is in exclusive talks with Discord. Not just someone who's courting them, but they are in exclusive talks and could wrap up possibly in the next month. Holden, I'm I'm super curious why this is going on. There I understand their teammate or their their partnership, you know, with Discord and Windows. Obviously, they've worked together a little bit there. On Xbox, you can log into your Discord so people can see what you're playing. You still can't Discord chat on anyone with Xbox. But I'm I'm wondering why Microsoft is acquiring Discord if it just sold Mixer. Yeah. I know they're slightly different platforms. Like Mixer is, in, is intended for streaming, but it's also like a community-based thing and you can chat. And then there's Discord, which is more of a community-based thing, but you can also kind of stream to your friends in small groups in there. I'm like, why why make this why let go of Mixer uh, less than a year ago and now start paying big money for Discord? Any thoughts? Yeah, I I'm hoping it doesn't go the mixer route, which is they buy it. They seem to be hugely invested by getting Ninja to be exclusive to Discord, and then they get rid of the whole <laughs> platform. Um, I'm curious too. I, I'm imagining it has maybe something to do with their next story, possibly, but that's just pure speculation on my part. With the whole like, Xbox Network thing, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I just I feel like it's just integration with Xbox is a big part of it. What's interesting though, and in, in different about the the mixer situation is. Discord is used for all sorts of things, not just gaming, even though it is very yeah. synonymous with gaming. Like, I feel like if you are a gamer, there's a very strong chance that you're going to be using Discord. But as an example, my brother, his he's going to this like special school, um, not like special school, but like he's going to a private school that's like different yeah. than <laughs> an experimental kind of thing. Um, but they use Discord for everything. They use Discord for meetups of teachers. They use Discord to communicate with the students and have students talk with each other. Like they use Discord for that. That's like their main platform. Wow. Um, so a lot more um, kind of there's a lot more a lot more variation in how someone would use Discord versus would use you know Mixer or even Twitch or really any or even Skype. Um, so it's definitely unique in that sense where I feel like it's probably going to be related to Xbox in some way just because of how tied in Discord is to gaming. But it could be used for a lot more. Maybe it's because Microsoft Teams, which is kind of like a Slack, um, but f but made by Microsoft. Maybe it's to pull in some resources and combine them in some way. Like I don't really know, but it's really interesting um, that they're doing this, especially if they're putting potentially ten billion dollars down. Like that's that's more than Bethesda by a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely I can imagine there's a there's a lot of. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of crossover with services that Microsoft provides and where Discord can also help fill that service with video chatting and, and connecting people in small chat rooms or like you mentioned with mm -hmm. your brother's school. And um, the Discord brand, I feel like now is so valuable as opposed to the Mixer brand where like they were doing anything to try to, dear God, please someone come to Mixer. But I feel like the Discord <laughs> brand is so valuable that I can't see them... 
replacing Discord. I can't see them saying, "All right, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna buy the company, we're gonna scrap the brand, take the tech, and integrate it into Microsoft Teams and into Xbox Network and all of this stuff." I can't see them trashing Discord and taking no. the tech. But I also can't see them keeping two versions of everything around. Like, why would they have Microsoft Teams if they now have Discord? Why would they have you know Xbox Party System and Chat if you now have Discord? I'm really curious if this goes through how they plan to. I'm sure it'll take years before we finally see how it's going to be used within the company. But I'm curious how they how they plan to integrate Discord with the rest of their business. Yeah, absolutely. And like they also bought Skype, and Skype is still Skype. It's still branded Skype. It's still right. uh, like kind of like YouTube is owned by Google, but not a lot of people immediately realize that. I think it's kind of the same thing with Skype. We might just it might just be discord is always discord and it just it's just owned by microsoft now like i think it's also a possibility um but yeah it's a, it's just a, it's an odd purchase yep speaking like of odd things xbox live yeah. is becoming xbox network says brian shea at game informer um so there's a a little bit of a a name change going on what was already confusing xbox live silver and xbox live gold is now getting a little less confusing um, Xbox Live Silver, which used to be the free Xbox online service, which basically just included access to the store, um, is becoming now Xbox Network. You can kind of think about that as like the PlayStation Network. You can go on, you can shop for things, you can download movies. Well, mm-hmm. not for much longer, but you can download movies and TV shows <laughs> on PlayStation Network. You can do the same thing now on Xbox Network. If you want to play online or do um, any kind of like gaming stuff, you have to now have Xbox Live Gold, which is staying the same. I don't know why they're not just naming that Xbox Live instead of Xbox. They're still keeping it gold for some reason. Yeah. So there's Xbox Network, Xbox Live Gold, and uh, Xbox Game Pass and Game Pass Ultimate. They're all those are all staying the same. But there is one extra change being made, and that is that. Um, party chat and um, oh it's actually in the headline of this next article Microsoft is cutting the Xbox Live gold requirement for party chat and free to play multiplayer says Jordan Alleman at IGN so you no longer have to pay for an online service in order just to chat with people in a party which is fun so hopefully that'll help make Xbox a little bit more social or even let you um, possibly does Xbox have game sharing not sharing but like I can watch you play your game kind of like share play on playstation i don't know i haven't turned on my xbox in months ah uh, you're right <laughs> i have no idea so i'm wondering if like they would make that easier i can talk to my friends and watch them play even though i might not necessarily have that game or i do think it's it. funny that they're in in the xbox network story microsoft's like yeah we're making the change but there are no changes coming to xbox network it's just the same old silver by the way here's the next story where we're going to be changing party chat and like within a week. Um, I thought that was really funny. But um, yeah, I, I'm curious what this means because I feel like there wouldn't be a rebrand like this unless they had some sort of intention. I'm thinking maybe that's related to Discord or maybe they want to tie Discord into the like Xbox network experience where there's better communication on Xbox network and then maybe you'll pay for better features like a like kind of like not like discord nitro but like how you would pay for extra stuff in discord you might pay for you know voice chat in i guess voice chat's coming anyway what would you pay for like i don't even really know at that point (laughs) 
but they're they clearly have something in mind here i feel like they didn't need to change xbox live's name like it was kind of confusing having silver and gold but it was doable it worked for the past 20 years yeah so why change it unless you have some sort of idea of what to go forward with so i think this is all really interesting um yeah my, i think it's, it's a little it's cool. bit i think it's a little bit of simplification for um for parody you know you have the playstation network we have xbox network you have your nintendo network id like they're all mm-hmm. kind of similar now and and we've just we've determined a standard by which we're going to name these things xbox is adapting i don't really see that it's influenced necessarily by discord and there are plans to purchase discord just because there oh, are pure so many reasons yeah there's yeah. so many reasons why uh an acquisition could not go through that mm-hmm. i don't think they could make a change like this or anticipate a change like this based on that's an a good point yeah Something just hit me too while you're while you're saying that, which is, it might be to get better parity with PC. Xbox Live is so synonymous with with Xbox. Maybe they want to kind of try to carry this over to PC and mo- better link PC and and Xbox possibly. But again, that's a speculation too. I have no idea. Sure. It just dawned on me. It also kind of makes just more sense. Like I was playing with my niece. I was playing Minecraft with her over. Um, on iPad, and she's like, "Oh, my daddy didn't renew Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, so I can't play with you online." I was like, "No, you can. All we need is an Xbox Live account. You don't actually have to have the online part of it in order to play together." And she's like, "What?" I was like, "Well, yeah, it's part of Xbox Live Silver, and it's free to play." It's, that's all confusing. She's like, "Oh, an Xbox Network account. I get that. That makes more mm-hmm. sense than having Live Silver and what's free and what's not free." And yeah, I think it just simplifies things. Next up, third-party quest log. We have a couple of things on here. The first up is uh, two IGN stories around IGN firsts. The first of the firsts is Aliens Fireteam, the first hands-on by Ryan McCaffrey at IGN. Uh, IGN first is their little like video series of that we get first access to whatever this game is or whatever, and it's usually themed monthly. And they showed off about five minutes of gameplay from Aliens Fireteam, the upcoming three-player co-op wave-based Aliens game in the Alien universe. What do you think, Holden? I just watched this right before we we started, but what do you think? I think it looks good. Um, it's it reminds me more of Aliens over Alien, kind 100%. of more action-heavy. Yep. Um, lots of aliens running around. You got to shoot, but I think it looks pretty good there seemed to be a very wide variety of of xenomorph types that'd be fighting they talked about kind of a lot more that we we haven't seen ryan mccaffrey seemed really enthusiastic from talking about it of course it's a this is a marketing thing so like it could very well just be a positive impression and i'm only saying the positive stuff yeah um, but i didn't really get that impression it seemed like he was actually really enjoying it and i feel like there needs to be a good alien game <laughs> <laughs> it's such a rich world and so unique in its aesthetic and it lends itself too well for video games to not have a video game based on it. So I really yeah. hope this is um, successful. And I feel like we've had a lot of, there have been a lot of alien games where it's more of like a, you know, survival type thing or you're dodging one alien trying to navigate a sh- like alien isolation or things like that. But there mm-hmm. haven't been a lot of aliens type games where it's just like full on, armies of of xenomorphs just attacking you and you got to just mow them down in hordes so other than like colonial marines which did not do well 
So I'm really excited to try this one. It looks fun. It looks, um, it looks like it's hopefully going to be a budget title, like 19 bucks or, yeah. or 29 bucks or something like that, because it doesn't look like there's, well, it looks like it's wave-based and it's just a lot of different environments and a lot of different types of enemies in this wave-based type thing. So not a ton of variety. It doesn't look like it's going to have a, a single player narrative component to it. So mm-hmm. um, if the price is right, I'll probably pick this up. Pork chop one one eight yt in the Twitch chat does make a good point here, and I agree completely. Man, why is every game got to be only three players now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucks. I mean, it's probably much easier it, when when developers are like, "Oh, thank God, people are used to playing three player games now. We can make our game run a lot smoother with three players than we could with four. Like, they probably like it a lot. But yeah. I miss out on playing with peeps. Another thing I hadn't considered until you were talking about the whole Destiny 12 player um, kind of glitch, it yeah. seems like you could get the game to run with that many players, but it's harder to balance. Right. And three three players just might be the better balance they found, as opposed to not being like a technical limitation, it's just more of a game design limitation. Yeah. And then the next one, uh, the controversial Six Days in Fallujah exclusive gameplay showcases procedural architecture, says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Um, Holden, so there's a, there's like a six-minute video of this game. A lot of people are... are um, they are just as the internet would be about this game. They are, they're up in arms saying, hey, this is, you know, glorifying the atrocities that went on in Iraq and some of them are saying, no, we need to let this happen. Blah, blah, blah. You don't even, you haven't even played it yet. I find myself fluctuating between those two points of view. And this one has kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth after I watched it. Cause I, I would love for you actually, we're going to spend a lot more, I think in maybe an episode of the grind in the near future about six days in Fallujah, but I would love your kind of state, statement or like point of view on the game and whether or not it should be made because i think that's important and this is a good place for you to kind of state that yeah so i think my main thing right here is this game could be a mess in terms of not making good commentary um kind of overly glorifying um the heroes um i don't i haven't gotten that impression yet from it um, but I feel like it's just really important to judge this game when it comes out, as opposed to saying it's not these things that we want it to be, but we haven't also seen the game yet. I think it's just too early to have this huge judgment. I think a lot of the backlash on it is, I don't think the criticisms are necessarily bad. I just think they're being a little overblown in terms of making too big of a judgment on this game before we've gotten a chance to really see how well it conveys its message. It could be really bad towards Iraqis. It absolutely could, but there's a lot we haven't seen in terms of that. So like the FAQ in the site suggests that there's going to be a lot of interactions with Iraqi civilians who are still in the city and there's going to be kind of stories told through them. There'll be a mission that centers around uh, an Iraqi father trying to get out of the city. We haven't seen that stuff yet. So just because we saw this one video that did heavily focus on the Marines and it does seem that the game mostly focuses on the Marines. That doesn't mean we're not going to get this out Iraqi perspective yet. So I feel like we should kind of reserve judgment 
on this game as a whole until we can see this game as a whole. And also, the last time we talked about this game, I was under the impression it was a PC-only game, but it is coming to consoles at the same time. So we will get a chance to play this and kind of make the judgment for ourselves, which I would like to do. In terms of the gameplay itself that we saw, I think the procedural architecture, this has been a controversial point, but I think it's actually a really smart idea considering the message that it seems like they're trying to convey. It seems like they're not so much saying you know, trying to have this like band of brothers, like flags of our fathers, kind of like glorifying of soldiers. I think it's just more trying to say, this is what it's like to be a soldier in a situation like this. And one aspect of that is not knowing what is coming up next, kind of having that constant fear of when I open this door, it could be civilians, it could be insurgents. I don't know, but I have to go in there as cautiously as possible with adrenaline rushing. And the procedural architecture directly influences that emotion they want to convey, which is even if you die in the game, you're not going to know where, even if you're in the same level, that level will change as soon as you die. As soon as you're going in, it's always a fresh interaction. Right. It might not be done well, I don't know, but I think the idea itself, I think is really good to convey what they're trying to go for. Yeah, when we talked about this game a few weeks ago, I think we both were in agreement that like this is, I think, could be a really revolutionary game for storytelling and, and um, mm -hmm. kind of telling what's going on in the military and these operations. And from their reveal trailer, I got that sense that they really cared about, like, we are telling the actual stories from these soldiers. We are putting you in their shoes um, and you're, we're trying to as faithfully as possible recreate these scenarios and make you actually empathize with these soldiers. And then from, I kind of took a, a turn in the other direction with this new IGN reveal where it was showcasing the gameplay a bit and it looked, th they were trying to intercut like interviews with the soldiers to give it some oomph and some emotional impact. But then when they cut to the gameplay, it's, it just looked like any other random ass shooter. And they were like, you can control your squad just as easily as pulling the trigger, point them to this door and yeah, bust it in. Yeah, that wasn't necessarily great. Yeah. Like that, the tone of that threw me off, but also the gameplay itself, it just looked like, oh, I'm going to run in here, I'm going to see a little blip pop up in the distance, and I have to make that choice. Is that a good guy or a bad guy? Let me shoot it. And it looks like that didn't have any kind of, again, I haven't played it. Hands-on might be completely different. Um, but it it didn't look different enough from all the other first person shooters that I've seen. That uh, so I'm losing a little bit of faith in what might be there, but I do still want to. I feel like we should judge it after we play it. But I'm less high on it now than I was before. One thing I read about an earlier version, I don't know if this is indicative of the current version we have now, is that when you are in a situation where it could be insurgent, it could be a civilian, and you end up shooting a civilian, it's game over. Gotcha. So in this demo, we might not have seen that. It might not have made the cut. It's just something I kind of read about in an earlier iteration of the game. Um, but if that's the case, I think that would be like a better way of of handling that. Um, and then it would just respawn or refresh again, and then it's completely regenerated. You still don't know if you walk that door, it's going to be a civilian or or an insurgent or not. I still don't um, feel like I, yeah, there's the stakes there, though, even from the gameplay that we saw. like There yeah. were firefights, and, and it seemed like, oh, maybe he's getting shot right now, or he's certainly out in the open where he could be easily shot, and he's just running to the next car, and he's hiding there. He's going to peek out and shoot. It's like it, it didn't seem like whoever was controlling the character was like, fuck, okay, I'm at this doorway. 
I'm going to peek around a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm going to, like you do in a Dark Souls game where you're like, anything in this hallway could kill me. Yeah. I'm going to go walk as slowly as I can. It just looked like this guy was going through the level like it was, like it was nothing. Like there were no stakes. Yeah. And I understand they have to have like a balance of having this be a documentary in form of video game, but also not being so grueling that people don't get to experience it like a yeah. Dark Souls. Um, whereas Dark Souls is not really trying to convey a specific message like this is, so they kind of need to open it up and make it a little bit more accessible like for that. But I think you're right when it comes to like, you can point at a door and it's just as easy as like pulling the trigger. Like, okay, that feature can exist, but I don't know if that was like the best way of saying that feature and like positioning that feature. Um, like if they had said like, hey, like um, you can put your, um, you can tell your, your, your teammates or your um, kind of your, uh, people in your um, in your platoon like where to go, um, but there could be consequences to like where you position them or like something like that would have like kind of stayed true to what it seems like they're trying to do with the game. But yeah, I agree. Like that whole like it's as easy to pull as a trigger. Like I don't think isn't the kind of the point of this to say how hard it is to pull the trigger and how right. like the, the humanity involved in these situations. Right. Um. Yeah. That that I agree didn't necessarily uh, rub me the right way. Hopefully we'll see more of this soon. Uh, we don't have a release date or even year of this game, do we? It's coming out this year at some point. This year. So, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully we'll get and a I'm demo assuming we'll or more. see more of it. I hope this isn't yeah. all we see because it's not... I still liked what I saw overall um, in terms of I'm still interested in seeing the game. But um, they definitely need to show more of it. And I do think that in response to some of this backlash that's happening, they should say this is what a civilian story looks like. Yeah, because they did mention think, that there's going to be a part where you play as an Iraqi family trying to flee from the war zone. So yeah. hopefully we'll get to see some of that gameplay as well. And they had they said they interviewed. I think they said they interviewed like like 23 to 28 or something like that Iraqi civilians. So they had that perspective. They they have been talking to people to kind of get the perspective. I would like to see that. I don't think this exact demo had to show it necessarily because you kind of want to make sure your messaging is is as concise as consistent um, as possible. So it's not like too much in one. Um, but I do think that they need to do that before the game comes out. I think that would be important to have. Yeah. Yeah. All right, our um, second part of our third-party quest log here is... Brent is in the chat. He's, he said, I'm conflicted because it could be a really important story to tell, but I feel weird paying $60 and going, hey, I beat this game. <laughs> yeah, um, when it could be an offensive game. Yeah, that's one of those... Uh, we're going to have to we're gonna have to wait and experience it and, and feel it out. And mm-hmm. it's... You're right. It could be one of those where I spent $60 and I supported this studio and it turned out that the game is gross and I shouldn't have bought it and I shouldn't have supported them. But then I feel like it's up to us to then say, hey, everyone, don't play this game. But Mm -hmm. get hands on it first. Don't just say don't play this game because it deals with something controversial. It could still do it in a really tasteful and important way. Yeah. One thing really quick I wanted to touch on, too, is I feel like there was this kind of... I, I get what you're saying where it looks like any other shooter. And I think just because there's a lot of military shooters out there. Yeah. But I do want to create a distinction of... I don't... People are saying this looks just like Call of Duty. I'm like, no, no, no. Call of Duty has cars that blow up and spin out of control. And you have to, like, jump out of the way of it. And it's, like, this Hollywoodized version. I didn't get that, like, Hollywoodized perspective from this. It seems... Much more down to earth. Not down to earth in, like, a positive way. But, like, much more grounded, I think is the better term. Um... The enemies which is seem important sparse. Like it doesn't seem like it's going to be a wave of twelve enemies running from every doorway. And it's like, no, it seems like yeah, you're going to go into a room and there's probably two or three guys, maybe max. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the second part of our third party quest log, talking about GameStop. They're still around. GameStop full year sales down 21%, says Brendan Sinclair at gamesindustry.biz. Um, so, year over year, net sales are down $5.09 billion. This obviously, you know, the pandemic, stores not being able to sell as much product, the anticipation of the new systems, people probably not wanting to buy old gen stuff. Um, so, this was anticipated a little bit. Their net loss has improved. Last year it was $470 million. Now it is $215 million. Um, and then there's a, a little bit of context provided here. There are currently 5,000 stores, na- uh, sorry, worldwide, 5,000 stores worldwide, and they closed hundreds of stores last year. They did not close 20% of their stores, which was not even close. So um, that would have been 1,000. Um and on top of that, there's been a lot of changes in the board and hires at GameStop. And it looks like with a lot of this new direction and new leadership, uh, there's an exodus of the board. So former Nintendo of America president Reggie to step down from GameStop's board of directors, says Liam Doolin at Game Informer. Reggie and eight other board members are stepping down in June. Uh, GameStop does actually expect this to disrupt their operations. So it's not like, like, oh, yeah, we've got a smooth transition plan. They're like, no, this is going to cause some issues, but we'll get through it. Uh, Holden, you think they're going to survive much longer? You think this is a good change? Writing on the wall? What's going on? It's tough. It's really, really tough. I, I will say that I've always been very down on GameStop's future. I think I'm more optimistic than I was before. But that doesn't mean that I'm like fully optimistic. They're going to get out of this, right. no problem. Um, I do like looking at their the report and saying like, oh, twenty percent of our stores closed, and it's because of these store closures that we saw this twenty percent dip in in our sales from the previous year. I'm like, yeah, but like the stores they did close were not going to be the higher selling stores. Otherwise, why would they have closed them? They're going to be below par to begin with. So if they closed not even 20% of your stores and they were likely assuming, but I think it's a pretty safe assumption, they weren't big sellers. That doesn't account for the 20% loss in the sales. And the video game industry really hasn't been hurting as bad as other industries have been because people are staying at home. They want to do video game stuff or entertainment stuff. So I don't really know how well this bolds for them. Like you could just say, oh, it's COVID. Nintendo had a great year. Like (laughs) Sony had a great year. Microsoft had a great year. So how is it these companies can have a great year, but GameStop didn't? There's something unique about GameStop that is concerning here. Now it could just be as they're saying, like they're they're in this transition right now, and maybe it's it's just going to have impacts. And and we'll see this for a little while, it's possible. Um but I really did expect to see better than a 20% downturn. I was expecting at least a leveling off because they've been going down year by year for a while now. Right. So not great. This is not great. Like I'm a few not years super ago, surprised. Like nine billion. I'm not super surprised because with the pandemic, yeah, all of these video game companies are doing great, but they also make a significant chunk from digital sales. And GameStop, the stores are closed. When they're open, they make the bulk of their money from either – you know, plushies, Funko Pops, or used games, none of which people are going out to buy in a pandemic. They're either going to buy the games new from GameStop's website, or they're going to buy them from Amazon or digitally. And then partner that um, with the fact that they are, um, they're trying to, sorry, 
I had a little bit of a brain fart. They're trying to sell all these new systems. And you would think, oh, brand new systems, lots of demand. But, you know, the, the global chip shortage has led to a supply constraint for those. So they're probably not making as much money on consoles as they expected they would because they just don't have them to sell. So I honestly, I'm not super surprised by this downturn of 21%. Lots of things against them, not in their favor. I am, however, kind of uh, supportive of their new direction. I forget the the name of the person who's coming in to kind of change things up, but they're going Ryan towards Cohen. more of a digital, yeah, going towards more of a, a digital first kind of thing. They're also, I saw they're starting to sell uh, PC hardware. Like you can buy mm-hmm. graphics cards and stuff like that there. And, and immediately I saw that headline, I'm like, well, of course. Why hasn't that been the case all along? Why can't you buy PC graphics cards at GameStop? And that, mm-hmm. So um, I think they're making some smart changes there. Yeah, I mean, Dallas in the chat says the GameStop he bought his PS5 at is now closed. Thank God he got it. The yep. PS5 in time. <laughs> yeah, I really, uh, I think it's going to be interesting few, uh, I guess it be interesting few years, I guess, for them kind of going forward. I guess... It seems like their big focus right now is on reducing how much money they spend per year. I mean, that's why their um, their net loss has improved and it improved from the previous year, like 20, uh, um, 2018 to 2019 as well, to 2019 to 2020. Um, so like they're definitely trying to cut down on their expenses. I just don't know if it's like too late because I feel like we've been talking about this as a problem for them for years and it feels like now they're responding and I think the question is like is this too late or not can they still pull through it is possible I'm not trying to be like doomsday like how is doomsday about Microsoft a few years ago (laughs) Uh, I'm not doing that but it definitely is going to be a rocky road Um, do you think that the pandemic gave them a little bit of like an extra life I feel like it had things continued, had the world continued on as normal in 2020 and all the other retail businesses were booming and GameStop continued on trying to struggle, it would have failed and it would have, I think it would have gone under sooner. But because everyone was struggling and everyone kind of had a level playing field, do you think that it kind of got a little bit of an extension there? Uh, I think their yearly results say the opposite of that though. It wasn't. Yeah. You don't think it would have been worse (laughs) had the pandemic not been there? No, it probably would have been better. I mean... You make a good point about how like they weren't able to sell their plushies, they weren't able to sell their used games. Like the hardware sales for like the Switch, for example, were awesome all throughout the year, but they don't make a lot of money off of those those hardware sales. They didn't and have they to pay a lot of coming employees the store. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's like that's the weird thing though. It's like GameStop. There's only like two employees in a store at any given time to begin with, and I think they still had that because they were just having people wait outside the store, and they just had two people inside just grabbing stuff to go in. So I think that might have been the same. I'm speculating. I don't know for sure. Um, I mean, I did a seasonal gig, so I've kind of seen what it's like in terms of how many people they have staffed at any given time. Um, but I don't think they would have cut that. I don't think they could have cut that down for yeah, for COVID. Yeah. You need more than one person at any given time. So, yeah, I don't know. It, they're in a weird circumstance. This is in a really weird circumstance. Hopefully I also wonder, like, they didn't say why, but Wall I wonder why Reggie's leaving. Like, it's not even a full year. Yeah, and because has they said it, it's not. A full year. They said Sorry, it's not because of any sort of disagreement on the direction the company's going in or anything like that. So, it's, I don't know. It's, it's strange. I wonder if it was like an agreement they had coming in or like, hey, we're going to, you're about to you're about to sink we're gonna come in here we're gonna help you patch your boat 
and then we're going to we're going to bounce. Like I wonder if that was a thing yeah. going into it. They knew they weren't going to be there the whole time. They were just like, let's let's try to get you set in a new direction and then we'll let you fly, baby bird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up today with some fetch quests. We've got just a handful here. First of which is another delay. Back for Blood, the Left for Dead uh, spiritual successor, um, is delayed until October, says Austin Goslin at Polygon. I think October's a good month for that one. God, I have the itchiest nose in all of the land. Um, it's, October's a good month for that. It's going to be spoopy. People are going to buy it. Halloween-y. It's going to be great. If you're a fan of Kojima games, Kojima Productions may reveal its next game, quote, quite soon, according to art director Yoji Shinkawa, says Chandler Wood at PlayStation Lifestyle. Is it going to be Death Stranding 2? Strand Deathery. <laughs> Who knows? It could be Death Stranding 2 Crew Harder. Who knows? Crew Harder. It could be a game that takes place entirely in your internet browser, but somehow also in a hot air balloon in real life. Who knows? We could be playing the game already. Who knows? Right? <laughs> Third story on our Fetch Quest. Lead designer for CD Projekt Red calls it quits, says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. Tangentially, I just realized today, thanks to IGN, that it has been 100 days since CD Projekt Red pulled, or since PlayStation pulled Cyberpunk off of the PlayStation Store, and you still can't get it. Yeah. And no update in sight as to when it's going to be available. Yeah. Did, it's I haven't been good. following this, did they come out with both their January and February patch? And did that, the like, January, Watchdog in Poland <laughs> do anything? The January one came out. Actually, I don't, I don't think that the the february one which was pushed back because of this like the the um theft of whatever it was the hack that's what it was the hack that happened they had to stop for oh, a while right. because of that but um and they said they were going to delay into march but it's march 28th is, right now yeah it is the end of march now i'm actually just gonna look this up really quick because i'm i'm curious uh what do they call it hot fix hot fix hot fix hot um i'll say march, okay. hot wieners Come for the bugs, stay for the dicks. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the headline. Cyberpunk 2077's um, a predicted 1.2 patch date comes and goes. Let's see what this headline says really quick. Um, does Say. not look like it's out. Last I see is on March 22nd. They tweeted out and said that they're testing it right now, but it hasn't come out. Let me just go to their profile and see if. Yeah, that's the, the last thing they tweeted was um, in case you missed it. Last week, we presented a selection of changes from the upcoming patch to 1.2, along with some insights from our developers. The update is currently being tested and we'll be sharing patch notes ahead of its release. So, you know, it's coming. Stay tuned for more info. That was March 22nd. So that was almost a week, a week ago. ago. Okay. Yeah. All right. That Polish watchdog is going to arrest everyone. Uh, two more stories. <laughs> One, a Pikmin game is coming to phones, says Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. The Nintendo's partnering with Niantic again to do some kind of AR-based Pikmin game. We don't know. It's not going to be a reskin of Pokemon Go, apparently, but it is still going to be something that will encourage you to get up and move and exercise out in the world. I'm sure no one's going to play this. Yeah, how's that Harry Potter no one, one going? Up. Is that doing yeah, well? Right? Even one that I I cared about the IP greatly. Nah, 
not planet. Yeah. And then Pikmin comes around. Nobody gives a fuck about those little seedlings. No one's going to play that game. <laughs> and then finally, in what is a wonderful marriage, John Wick director working on a Ghost of Tsushima movie says IG... Agent Ian. <laughs> Ian Walker at Kotaku. I was going to be like, IGN guy at Kotaku? Uh, I think that's a great pair. The John Wick director. Absolutely. And Ghost of Tsushima subject. Like, that's, that's going to be great. And obviously, it's a PlayStation production, so it's going to be that new, like, we care about our first-party content and movies and TV shows. So I'm excited for that. We have no other news other than director, but who do you want to play Jin? Keanu Reeves. Keanu. <laughs> Matt Damon. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually, you I know, feel when it comes like, to, like um, movies, I like just seeing an unknown person that I don't know. Yeah. It takes me out of the movie if it's someone I recognize already. I feel like Steven Yoon is like having his glow up moment right now. Like he's, he's really hot. He just did that movie Minari or something like that that got nominated for an Oscar. He's been doing a lot Who's of, a lot of things. Steven Yoon, he played Glenn on The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Actually, don't they have... Wait a second. I need to look this up. Fun story about um, him, too. He was also a Cupid player uh, in Cupid Has a Heart on oh, Chicago, really? as I oh, was. That's really cool. But he was there for one performance. <laughs> he thought he got <laughs> hired on to do one performance. So he learned a bunch of songs and a bunch of shit, and then he did one. And he's like, all right, thanks, man. That was fun. And Brian's like, no, you're you're part of the cast. He's like, oh, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hmm. What are you looking up? There was the they used a an actor for for the game. They should get him. He is Jin. Uh, he tweeted on Twitter. He said, "If I get chosen to play Jin in the movie, I will require that there be a nude butt scene." <laughs> did he really say that? He really did say that. I only know All that right. because our friend uh, Dan Root retweeted it, and he said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it is going to be an R-rated movie, so they could they could do that it if better they wanted be. to. Can you yeah, imagine I if they made this like a PG better. movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only goes as far as like Mulan in terms of like how graphic it is and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Holden, let's wrap up with Game On Game Show. The Game On Our Game Show. We play a game called Game On. The Game Show on Our Gaming Show. Game, 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 game. Holden, we started our, our episode today talking about the death of a few PlayStation platforms. And we're going to wrap up today talking about those same PlayStation platforms with Now Flesh It Out, Now Flesh It Out. In this one, we have five pairs of games, and we would just like to imagine what the crossover between those two games might look like if we created a brand new game out of those two. Of each of these pairs, the first one is one of the best-rated PlayStation 3 games, according to Metacritic. Mm. The second part of the pair is one of the best-rated PlayStation Portable games, according to Metacritic. Mm. So we're just matching them up, figuring out what would this new PlayStation baby look like. Starting with a franchise near and dear to your heart, Uncharted 2. (laughs) (laughs) Uncharted 2 Among Thieves and Luminous. (laughs) <laughs> first of all all the music is not going to be house dance music it's going to be whatever the ha, hu, <laughs> every time you die and they do that oh the vesuvula yeah. the... <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so it's just normal luminous with that music. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm all right with that. That soundtrack is fucking dope, though. The Uncharted 4 soundtrack, especially, and they have the like Spanish guitar. Ah, oh, so freaking cool. Yeah, Uncharted 4 had a good soundtrack. Uh, Uncharted 1 through 3, those games don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> they are fantastic games. Shut your whore mouth. Mm. Next pair Little Big Planet. Paired with Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Lions. Hmm. I have not played Final Fantasy Tactics, but it's a it's a it's a strategy RPG. So I can imagine. I can imagine what it's like. And I imagine that game would probably actually look a lot like Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, where it's like kind of whimsical and Ooh. and kind of charming. Um, but it still has like simplified but deep strategy to it like it's a mario kingdom battle is a pretty simple game but you can go pretty deep with it if you want to but what are like the the things that make it little big planet specifically like in mario is the jumping to kind of move around this i'd imagine is you can create objects to traverse the environment so you might come across like an area you can't navigate to that's like high up but if you have the right like crafting you know um items or whatever that you kind of set yourself up for before getting into that match you can craft something to get up to that higher area so you can get that one guy who's up on the top of the tower or something like that or get higher ground on somebody and okay 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 i thought i think that's a good one and i think that's the one we'll go with but in the middle of you explaining this i thought of oh what's another grid based game and how does that cross over and i thought of the game show at the end of banjo kazooie <laughs> that you love so much <laughs> and what if it's just that with with Sackboy? <laughs> and you move on the grid and you answer questions and you fucking hate yourself and it's like random questions there's no preceding game to give you the answers <laughs> it's just you just jump into this random tutorial it's like um I can't believe I'm about to reference that 70s show because I've only seen like two episodes of that show. But there's some sort of like scavenger hunt they were trying to do. And who's Mila Kunis' character? I can't remember her name, but Mila Kunis. <laughs> um, she does some sort of scavenger hunt to get people. Oh, it's not scavenger hunt. She gives them directions to go somewhere. Like, oh, meet me at this place. But the instructions are like, and then take a lift, uh, a left at that street that I stepped in gum on. Uh, I said on gum on that one time. And they're like, what street is that? Like, what are you talking about? It's like that kind of question, but it's Sackboy going through a map. There you go. Nailed it. And I'm not for that. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that'd be cool, though, it would be making your own maps. I feel like that would have to be a part of it. Yeah. Creating your own little battle scenarios. Number mm-hmm. three, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes, that came out on PS3, everyone. Cross with God of War Chains of Olympus on PSP. <laughs> okay. All right. What if Kratos is, is a drug runner? <laughs> yeah, basically. I was going to say, if, if it's, it's just Grand Theft Auto, except you play as Kratos and you don't have guns, you just have the chains of chaos. And you're just like, if you want to like, you know, hijack a car, you literally just stop it with your chain and then rip the door off and hop in it. I imagine, I want it to be a little bit more on the side of like the first Thor movie where Thor just doesn't know how people work and civilization. <laughs> and he's like drinks his whole cup of coffee and smashes on the ground. That was great. I'll have another, whatever it is. I, I want those kinds of like little, little moments of Kratos just not understanding how society works. 
That but would also ripping work. a door off. <laughs> <laughs> that would work well with Grand Theft Auto because a lot of it is satire. Like it's a satire on American culture. So I think that'd be kind of cool. Actually, have this character who's so outside of American culture coming to a city that's you know heavily satirical of American culture, and then them just not under, like in this case Kratos just not understanding it. That would be totally awesome. That actually, would kind of work with what Grand Theft Auto tries to achieve in in some respects. I like that idea. Usually, the characters are in the game are like a part of that culture. It would be kind of cool to have like the outsider character. All right, two left. Well, two pairs left. This one is Portal 2 and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. Oh, just do Metal Gear Solid, but then have a item where you can do portals to move in and out of things to hide and sneak around. That would be really See, cool, actually. I started thinking about that, and I... And in Metal Gear Solid Five, the Phantom Pain, uh, so Peace Walker pioneered the the Fulton system, where you attach the balloon to the guy, he floats up, and the plane catches him and takes him back to your base. In Metal Gear Solid Five, you can upgrade that to eventually just be this portal, this void that they get sucked into right above them, and then it transports them back to their base instead oh, of so a, like no a one balloon. can see them flying up and like break right, their no cover. One can see them flying up, no one can shoot them down. That's cool. Whatever it might be. And what if you just take that into Peace Walker and you? try to like make puzzles out of that where you have to like suck mm -hmm. up this guy and he goes into this portal and then he falls out of this one on the other side of the thing obviously they're all dead bodies <laughs> 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 or they're just asleep that'd be cool finally excuse me rock band and wipe out pure it's called amplitude oh fuck yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it is. I thought I was being so like, oh, uh, what, what is, is this? Harmonics, like, maybe. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. It's Amplitude. <gasps> Excellent. That's it for Game on Game Show. And that is it for episode 205 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for coming and spending some time with us. Thanks for DF and Smitty and Porkchop118YT in the chat on twitch.tv slash idiots. You have homework to do, everyone. The first one is go play Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX is our barf game backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends for March and April. So at the end of April, we'll be having a discussion about it. I'm playing it. Holden's playing it. I know Matt's playing it. Dan loves it. Everyone just go mm -hmm. play it. You don't have to be a patron to play it. You can do whatever you want. You're a, an adult or a child or a regular person. Those are the, regular people cannot be adults or children. They are a third option. <laughs> um, so go play that. And then if you would also like to influence what we play for game night or for barf every month you can go to patreon.com slash respawn and aim fire you can get cool wallpapers and you can play with us every single week during game night we are going to have we'll announce this a little bit ahead of time we briefly mentioned it during game night last week and i've decided right now i'm going to make it official mortal Kombat. we are going to watch that movie on hbo max together via playstation party chat uh, we did it with the Justice League Snyder Cut a couple weeks ago, and it worked really well. We'll do it with Mortal Kombat for the 19th of April, I believe it is. So we'll be moving game night that week to Friday in order to accommodate. But aside from that, come play other games with us throughout the rest of the weeks. Um, your other homework is to tell someone that you love them, whether you do or not. Just, you know, fake it <laughs> so that they feel good. Preferably just someone you do love. <laughs> I mean, you can do it to somebody you do love, but like customer service. Just do it to everyone. Make mm. their day. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. I love all of you. Was that genuine? <laughs>